You're listening to the Conk's Brain Podcast, and I'm your host, Deidre Conkey. I'm on a mission to talk about all the things. Mental health, living with ADHD and anxiety, physical limitations, cultural bias, societal expectations, manatees, and all the tabs that are open in my brain. So let's dive in and figure the hard shit out together. Oh my gosh, you guys. I just recorded for like 15 minutes and my tablet just shut off and did not record any of it. It's so infuriating. So now I have to repeat myself. But you know, that is the way life goes. So welcome to today's episode. Again, even though you didn't hear it the first time. I have not recorded in quite some time, and I may repeat a lot of things I say, but you know what? That's me, and that's how I do things, because this is my brain and all the tabs that are open in it. But I have been thinking really hard about what I want to make my next episode about. You know, standing in the shower, washing my hair with my really, really good smelling shampoo. Oh my gosh, guys, it it smells like cake or something. It's, It's amazing, but I digress thinking about what I wanted to say. And then I started to really get honest with myself because I've kind of been obsessed with Mel Robbins lately. And if you haven't checked her out, you totally have to. She's on Instagram, probably Facebook. Just Google search Mel Robbins um, because she talks a lot about the five second rule. Um, which is that you have about five seconds to marry a thought with an action. Otherwise, your brain kills it. So you think the thing and then you count five, four, three, two, one, and you you do something about it because otherwise you're going to kill it. Just like I did standing in the shower for weeks and weeks and weeks thinking about what I was going to say on my podcast and then never actually saying it. And... I am a person who loves things to be neat and tidy and in order and I love lists and I, you know, get really, really excited in the planner aisle with all the stickers. But I am also the same person who buys all the stickers and all the planners and they just end up in the stacks of my house and the crap everywhere filled up to the ceiling. And you would look at my house and my car and go, oh my gosh, This is like a human tornado came through here. Now, my office at work is a different story. That is my safety zone. That is my happy place. That is where all the pencils go in the right cups and everything is clean and all the stuff is neat on the shelves. It's a small, beautiful space. But the rest of everything has got crap everywhere. It's all exploded. And that's kind of a representation of my brain, really. And so I had to get very, very honest with myself and ask myself, why am I doing this podcast? Like, what is the point? Why did I start this podcast? And the true answer is catharsis. And catharsis is like when you're watching a play or you're watching a movie, and regardless of whether it ends happy or sad, you go through this whole experience of seeing everything. And then when it finally ends, Yeah, you take this deep breath and it's like the weight is lifted because it's catharsis. You're getting an ending to something, some closure. And 
this really was intended to be a place to share my thoughts, to process things with people. Um, because as a teacher, I learned that there can be a lot of people, a lot of people in the same classroom that all have the same question and everybody is terrified to raise their hand because they don't know what's going to happen when they do. Is somebody going to think I'm stupid? Is my question stupid? Do I have something on my shirt? How will people perceive me? There's just a lot of worry about asking those questions. And so if I make myself just a little bit brave and a little bit vulnerable and I come out and I talk to people, if there is just one person listening to this that says, damn, I never knew that somebody else was thinking this or feeling this and then they feel connected, then it was worth it. And I let myself get tied up for a while in needing to have this perfect podcast intro and this perfect description and commercial breaks and all of this other stuff because... I was tying my value and my worth as a human being in my ability to produce, to have an end result, because that is really something that our culture foists on us, is this idea that everything has to be for an end goal. It has to be for this grand thing. Like if you're making jewelry, then man, you've got to get really good at it and you've got to sell it and then you've got to build a jewelry empire and then you've got to make a billion dollars. And I am here to tell you that is just not true. You can make things for the sheer joy of doing it and never, ever make a dime off of it, never give it to another human being, or just, you know, share it with your Aunt Susan at Christmas because it makes her smile. And we need to be doing more of that, more of the things that bring us joy without the concern for where it's taking us. And I'm watching a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram and um, I do Twitter a little bit. I don't tweet, but sometimes I read tweets, but YouTube videos, you know, all the stuff, the social media. But I am seeing a lot of people really start to wake up to this. The idea that not everything is about producing. You don't have to create a certain level of productivity in order to be worthwhile as a human being. Sometimes it's just the joy of creation. So this pains me. Like it absolutely pains me. But I am not putting ads in my podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, because, and why does it pain me? Because it's that expectation. I'm supposed to be going somewhere with this. I'm supposed to be doing something with this. I'm supposed to have a billion listeners and I'm supposed to make money. No, 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 no. Damn it. You know what? I'm choosing for myself. I am choosing to come here and talk to you even if no one listens, even if three people listen. It doesn't matter. It's not about a quota. It's not about dollar dollar bills, y'all. It is simply about sharing experiences, feeling connected, feeling connectivity, and again, that whole catharsis thing. So I am really, really going to push myself 
to stay honest and to keep this about talking about things that are important to me and probably important to some of you. So yeah, I'm not going to worry about an outline anymore. I'm not going to worry about hitting certain bullet points or making sure that my intro is polished just so or that I have all the right things. I am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just let you see my brain as it is. And that is something my entire life I have been taught is not good enough. It's weird. It's strange. My brain does not fit into a box. My box is, you know, burned to the ground at this point. I think about so many things. It's like even right now, just trying to keep my train of thought, I am looking around the room at what's on the walls and what's on the floor and thinking about the fact that I still haven't eaten breakfast yet because I forget to do that all of the time. And oh my gosh, now I have diabetes and am I going to be able to do this without medication because that's what I'm trying to do is is not have to take the medication. And oh my gosh, guys, it's hard, you know? And And I love shiny things and I love an explosion of things. I don't sit still well. I don't relax well. And I feel like for a really, really long time that I have been working so hard against my brain instead of with it. And I actually started taking um, Wellbutrin, which is often prescribed for depression, but it's also prescribed for people with ADHD. And I've been terrified, absolutely, truly terrified to try taking a medication because I have such horrendous side effects to medication. As a matter of fact, um, they tried putting me on some medication recently. Um, I wrote a little blog post about it, tiny one, um, so you can check out my website if you want to do that at kongsbrain.com, but... I couldn't take metformin because that stuff makes me sick. They tried to give me that several times for polycystic ovarian syndrome back before I had my hysterectomy and it was a train wreck. And I told them this going in and I don't know much about all this A1C stuff. This is all new to me, but A1C kind of measures what your average blood sugar has been for like the last three months. And mine came out at 6.8, which is considered diabetic. However, it is on the low end of the spectrum. And so it can still be um, controlled by diet. But they're just like, you know what? We're going to put you on meds. I told them I couldn't take metformin. So they said, okay, you know what? Um, we're going to have you take mm, this other stuff, Victoza. That's what it was called. It was an injectable. And uh, she said that her patients didn't have a lot of side effects with it, and which is fine. They probably don't. A lot of people probably think this is the greatest thing ever. Um, but I took it and just, oh my gosh, guys, everything fell apart. It was awful. It was like the worst four days that I have had in a really, really long time. Like I just, I never stopped being hungry. It's like I could just eat through the floor and I kept feeling like I was going to pass out and I had absolutely no energy. I just wanted to sleep and my blood sugar was just all over the place. It was just a nightmare. And I said, you know what? No, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm going to try doing this without medication. So when it came to Wellbutrin, I know some people who have taken it for their ADHD. And, you know, it's not supposedly for um, 
your anxiety, but I know people that that it's also helped with that as well. So I said, you know what? <sighs> going to take the Mel Robbins here in five, four, three, two, one. And I'm going to just, I'm going to take it. We're going to see what happens because it does not deal with serotonin the way that other, um, drugs typically prescribed for depression do. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And it's been amazing. <laughs> Surprise! Turns out, so far, please cross your fingers for me, that this has been something that has really, really, really changed my life. Like, it just makes me tear up how much it has changed my life. Because sometimes medication is absolutely the wrong thing. And it, it isn't what you need, like with Victoza. And sometimes it is absolutely going to be the tool that you need to help connect, like with me and the Wellbutrin. And it just depends. You, you have to talk to your therapist. You have to talk to your doctor. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to listen to your body. You have to pay attention to what it's doing. And then you have to make the decision for yourself what's right for you. And so... um. The easiest way for me to explain what the Wellbutrin has done is now it feels like I'm working with my brain instead of against it. And yes, I still have ADHD. It does not negate that. It doesn't get rid of it. It just makes it easier for me to choose which tab to focus on. And I have also had so much more energy um, I am not tired as much as I was before. And mind you, I have a lot of health issues and so I am tired. But there's been this plethora, plethora of new adventures and things that I've started. And I came here today, one, like I said, to establish that I am no longer going to allow myself to focus on what the world tells me I need to do with this podcast, which is, you know, getting lots of listeners and making money. We're, we're going to continually make a conscious effort to not care about that. And number two, I wanted to tell you about a couple of things that I found that I am doing that have really, really helped me. Um, and the first one is joyful movement. I had an episode, I believe, where I talked about that and this idea of not exercising to punish yourself, not exercising to lose weight, not exercising because you're hoping for an end goal, but exercising for the way it makes you feel, for the joy of doing it. And swimming is one of the things that I enjoy a lot, but it also requires putting on my bathing suit and driving over to the gym and, and getting in the pool and... None of that I like to do when the weather is gross outside. So, you know, swimming aside, that's that's something I have to make more prep time for. But I knew that I needed to start moving more because I am 40 years old and I feel like I'm 90. Like I have, ooh, I hit something. I have trouble um, feeling walking guys I tried to take my dogs for a walk around the park which is just a couple blocks away and I started having spasms in my back and I have since realized that that is because of the surgeries that I've had on my abdomen I did not realize how much bloody core strength it takes just to stand upright and walk um fun fact I am five foot nine in my flattest feeted 
um, on my flat feet and then, you know, a little bit taller with my shoes on. But, um, I had a couple of, I noticed myself that I was taller. Like I'm taller than my husband by a couple of inches, but lately he's like, why are you so tall? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And some of my friends I was around too, I was like, geez, I just feel taller. And then I was in the elevator with another one of my friends who's like four inches shorter than me. And she's like, man, you look really tall. What happened? Did you grow? And the thing is, no, I didn't grow. It's that I have been participating um, in actually walking and working on just standing upright when I walk. And even if I'm walking on the treadmill or just walking across the house, even if I don't make it very far, I have been making this concentrated effort to think about my core and think about it holding me up the way that it's supposed to. And that has been a lot of work. Um, but what's happening is didn't get taller, started standing up straighter because I have been slouching a lot for several years because of all the abdominal surgeries that I've had. And I didn't even realize that was the case. And I actually got this iPad recently. Um, I My computer's crashing. I needed something new. And I decided, you know what? I am going to go with an iPad. And I'm so glad I did. Because like eight years ago, we bought a treadmill. And I realize that's not a purchase everyone can afford to make. But we were lucky enough to be in the position that we can buy this treadmill. And of course, it sat in there and we never used it. <laughs> because, you know, walking on the treadmill is boring, guys. Um, some people may enjoy that. But it does not, does not bring me joy. However, our treadmill, Nordatrack, and I am not paid to say this, but it's a Nordatrack treadmill with iFit. And so getting my iPad, it actually connects to my Nordatrack treadmill. And there was this amazing series, is this amazing series on there um, with iFit trainer Tommy Ribs, who it turns out is um, a marathoner. And then he went through this horrible um trying experience in his life um and he had um I think it was like a cancer of his lungs um I can't remember but it was something with his lungs and he I mean he almost didn't make it and there's just all this stuff and so he was having to go through and relearn his body and walking and everything else and he did this whole eye fit series and it's very very slow and the thing about iFit is that it's visual so it's on your your tablet screen it's sitting there I'm watching it and it's like I'm walking with a friend and he's taking me through all these places and this recovery series that he did was in Mexico and I'm on I think I've just finished video number 18 of 20 of them um, and so it's very slow like 1.6 miles an hour and you can also adjust it yourself but the point is it's visual. It's him walking and talking and showing you all of these things. And that, that brings me joy. Like I actually look forward to getting up in the morning and getting on the treadmill and walking with this guy. Like it makes me happy. And the walking itself brings good things in my body like it's it's making me be able to stand up better it's helping me with my core it's helping me to get stronger am I ever going to be a marathon runner no because that is not my aspiration however I do want to live as long as I can and enjoy the life I have and keep as much mobility as I possibly can even given all of my health issues so 
that is one of the big things um, that I would stress to you is finding movement that makes you happy. And you don't have to do a lot of it. It doesn't have to be super strenuous and you don't give a crap. Just forget about losing weight. Forget about changing your body. Forget about having an end goal and move sheerly for the joy of moving. If that means dancing in your kitchen, if that means doing some yoga, if that means taking a walk to the park with your kids or going swimming or doing hula hoop or, you know, whatever it is that makes you happy, would genuinely brings you joy because that also then produces endorphins and it creates this cycle and and it's very 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 good for you and you just have to throw this idea of doing it for an don't don't make your end goal weight loss or or changing your body or anything like that just make your end goal being happier <laughs> make your end goal being happier and push yourself toward that because you do deserve to be happy um and speaking of being happy Oh, there go my dogs in the background. I could probably edit this out, but you know what? I don't care. We're just going to keep going. Um, so, uh, the other thing is, you know, finding things that make you happy, like bringing joy into your life. And I have so much dang stuff, you guys, stuff and stuff and stuff and piles everywhere. Look, it's, it's not yet to where you would say with one of those episodes of like hoarders, <laughs> but I just, I have so much stuff and I actually stumbled on this thing on Netflix. Um, the minimalists, they have a podcast and a blog as well, which I haven't di- dove and dove, dived, dived. I haven't dived into, uh, hugely yet, but um, basically minimalism is not prescriptive. It's not like, here's what you have to do to be a minimalist. But these guys, um, decided that stuff was not making them happy. And my stuff certainly is not making me happy. I'm buried underneath of it. And we are just sold this idea that, you know, you make more money, you buy more stuff, you get the bigger house, you buy more things to put in it. And those things aren't what's going to make you happy. And of course, many of you will have heard of Marie Kondo because she also has something on Netflix. And, and it's amazing, you know, it, what she's trying to do for people is great too, to, to get rid of the things that don't bring you joy. But I really, really like this minimalist idea because it's giving me permission to let go of stuff because they talk about how um when you've purchased something you when you've paid for it it's like oh it's mine now you know and and if I get rid of it oh I've wasted this money but but the thing is there is no value in it if it is not bringing value to your life and if it's not bringing you joy if it's not making you happiness if you're just sitting in your piles of crap then it's not it doesn't matter I mean donate it throw it away give it to somebody I mean you know but don't don't keep it just because you paid for it. And so actually in um, May, I am going to be taking the minimalism challenge. And you know what? Um, I will post that on my Facebook page. Um, it was a YouTube video. It, it came from the memo, the minimalists. That's what they call themselves. It's it's their men's game. Um. And if I can't find anyone to compete with me, that's okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep you guys updated in my podcast. But here here's what happens with this game that they have. It's it's to ease people into this idea of getting rid of stuff. And for 30 days, you give 
you let things go. You donate them or you sell them or you trash them, whatever you need to do. But day one, you remove, give away one thing. And then day two, two things. Day three, three things. Yeah, you're picking up my drift. So by day 30, you're actually giving away 30 things. So at the end of the month, you have removed 496 things from your house. And a lot of people might be going, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's like so much stuff. How will I ever get rid of 496 things? But for me, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I can I can do that and then some. So I am I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna start letting go of things. I'm gonna stop letting those things control me and just sit here and not be doing anything for me. Stop overthinking. And that is what um I think that this game is going to help me do is to stop overthinking it and to give myself permission to say, hey, I may have paid money for this, but it's not adding value to my life. It's not bringing me joy. It's time for it to allow someone else some happiness. It's time to share that bounty with someone else and to let it go from my own life. So that is another big thing in addition to moving joyfully is is starting to reduce the amount of stuff that's in my life. Um, and then lastly, the last thing that I want to talk about here is, is actually a habit tracker that I picked up. And one of my therapist friends told me that, you know, I keep trying to do things in a neurotypical way, even though I have a neurodivergent brain. And so I, I have this hard time of having an in the middle. And what I'm starting to realize is that I don't have to do anything a certain way. I just, I don't. And so I can pick something up and modify it to the way that works for me. And so my habit tracker had like slots for 10 different habits. And then, um, I don't know, several that could be a weekly habit and then a monthly habit as well. And I didn't even, I just totally train wrecked because I wrote 10 things and it was like, oh my gosh. And my brain just went everywhere and it was like, you know, uh, just a wrong channel. My brain, oh my gosh, guys, it hurt. And so I have this huge thing. If I've written on something, it's dead. It is dead to me. I, I somehow cannot make it start over. And I never actually checked off anything on this habit tracker because I had these 10 things and it was just so overwhelming that I never got started. So what did I do? I got some washi tape that I had that I hadn't used forever. I don't even know why I bought it because it's pretty because it's a shiny thing. Um, and so I actually put washi tape over all of the crap that I had written on there and I moved it down to one, one, count them O-N-E, uno, one thing, one habit to focus on. And I decided that what I'm going to do is every month, I'm just going to add one habit. So movement, that's it. Starting next month, well, I'm already doing it, but I'm going to start habit tracking it on this thing because it brings me joy. 30 um, for 30 days, 31 days, however many days, like you'd think I'd figured this out by now. But anyway, next month, um, I am going to do 
movement every single day and it doesn't have to be a lot but move in some way that brings me joy walking on the treadmill going swimming um dancing in the kitchen whatever it is i am going every day as tommy rib said in my ifit video to get vertical to stand up to enjoy feeling my body move every day and so the month after that in june I will have done this every day for 30 days. And so I will bump that down a line and I will add a new habit. So as I'm adding habits, I will have done the one before it for 30 days and then, you know, 60 days and 90 days. So I won't be adding all of these new things at one time. I will be adding them shortly. So at the end of a year, um, a calendar year, not this year, I'll have added 12 new habits. 12 new positive habits and then I'm also going to do a weekly and a monthly habit and here's the thing choosing which habit to write down was immensely difficult it's like oh my gosh there's 400 things and I'm like no 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 you're gonna choose something that makes you happy there's a novel concept something that makes me bloody happy and I am going to write it down on this habit tracker and I'm going to do that weekly and then you know one for the month and so I said okay what am I going to do what is my habit going to be and for the week because my monthly my everyday habit is going to be moving joyfully so once a week just one habit once a week what am I going to do and I said I am going to give myself a manicure <laughs> and you're like what you know, but the thing is, um, I actually at the moment sell Color Street nail polish and um, nail polish strips, um, and I have all of these, and I don't, I don't take the time to really do my own nails because I just feel like there's so many more important things to do than take care of myself or do something that makes me happy. And really, I'm not trying to make a million dollars selling this stuff right now. I'll be honest. I'm just, I'm just not. But I, I enjoy this product because it does bring me joy because I love colors and I love sparkles and I love feeling like my nails are done up. And no, I don't have to put on polish strips every week, but I do have to take care of my, my hands, you know, trim my nails, put on some cuticle oil. Why? Because that makes me feel good. Do you have to choose to do a manicure once a week? Hell No. You have to choose what makes you happy. Pick something out, something that brings you joy and do that. Schedule that to do it for yourself once a week for the whole month and then once a month. Now, I am doing the um, 30 day challenge with the minimalists um, this next month, but I also put on there because it's like going to be a dual thing is to give away 10 things you know, to let go of 10 items. And I'm going to start making that an actual monthly habit. So when I get through this men's game, because guys, I'm going to get through it. It's going to be tough because it's hard to focus when you have ADHD, but I'm going to keep reminding myself how good it's going to feel to not have this stuff controlling me anymore. Um, so uh, 496 things. I mean, that's, that's more than 10. So that will quite qualify that, that first month, but 496 things out of my house. And every month after that, I'm going to set this bar for myself to take 10 things out, to give 10 things away because, because by the end of another year, that's another 120 things. That's going to be over 600 things that I take out of my house. 
And if this sounds absolutely nuts to you, then, you know, maybe you are already a minimalist or maybe you don't realize how much stuff you have that you aren't actually using or you're holding on to for all the wrong reasons. I encourage you, jump in, try the challenge with me, see how it goes because, hey, it could be interesting and change your life too. So, in summation for today, thank you all for coming back and listening and hey there. Um, I'm going to try to just keep this honest. And the honest truth is I have ADHD. I have anxiety. I have health issues. I have a brain that is everywhere. And I want to share that with you. I want to embrace that. I want to mire through the muck with you and talk to you and not worry about having a billion D listeners or making money off of any of this, because that is not what I'm here for. It's not. It simply is not. I'm going to allow myself to just be me, Deidre Conke. I'm going to open up my head, metaphorically speaking, and just let you, you know, muck around in my brain for a bit because that's a lot of fun. And I encourage you so hardcore to really, really start looking for the things in your life that bring you joy. Don't allow people to tell you that you have to be a certain amount of productive or make a certain amount of money or do certain things. You get to choose how you live your life. And a big part of living a joyful life is letting go a lot of what has been prescribed to us. Because, yeah, we're not going to get everything that we want. It's just not humanly possible but it is possible to redefine the way that we see joy and happiness and a good life and to redefine that by what matters to us to turn inward so check out mel robbins check out the minimalists check out joyful movement just google it and go out there and stop thinking about everything in terms of the way things should be and how productive you should be and what you should be getting done, you know, screw it. All of it. Start defining your life by getting real deep in the trenches and saying, what makes me happy? Start with the small things. Get rid of, you know, one thing. Get up and dance in your kitchen. Give yourself a manicure. I mean, you know, start looking for the small things because you matter. You get this one stinking life. People say that all the time, but you do. Nothing is promised to you. So make, make today count. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out my website, www.conksbrain.com, or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at I am Deidre Conkey. Until next time, don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share the love. <laughs>